0: Welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. Episode 30. The Tim Thomas episode. Brought to you 30. in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Uh so we're just we're just gonna jump right into it. I feel we shouldn't waste any time. My weekend um, was good. How was yours? It was phenomenal and it just got right. a little bit better Let's so <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today obviously we're going to recap the last three games that we missed last episode um those three games are the senators islanders and predators game so we'll recap that but but first of all we got to talk about what just happened about five minutes ago uh the bruins acquired uh dimitri orlov and and Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Garnet. Capitals for, for Craig Smith, a 20
1: Wait, I got it, I got it, I got it. 2024 third-round pick, a 2025 second, and a 2023 first, along with the monstrous salary that is Craig Smith.
0: And uh, I believe Washington held Orlov to a 50% uh, retained salary, too. Wow. So that... Alone right there makes sense why they only had to give up Craig Smith. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think who do you think comes out of the lineup for Hathaway? I mean, Hathaway is a big physical bottom six winger, something that this team has been missed, not missing, but um, lacking over the past couple of years. And they tried to fill those holes with guys like AJ Greer, Trent Frederick, Nick Felino, um, guys like that. And and all three of those guys are playing well this season, but where do you see? Hathaway fitting into this lineup? I don't know. You think he's going to be a third liner or a fourth liner? I'm thinking third liner.
1: Yeah, I was going to say A.J. Greer. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have. I don't think you need to play A.J. Greer every night, but I think if maybe you now you start Garnet Hathaway, who, as you and I just talked about, I have (laughs) called him Carter Hathaway his entire career. (laughs) By the way, the city of Boston has some pretty good luck with championships and guys named Garnet, just saying. But uh, I think, you know, Garnet Hathaway can maybe... 70-30 70-30 split in that right wing with A.J. Greer. But, um boy, it's a good trade. And it's funny, too, because I was looking online to see what people were saying. And, like, universally, uh, everybody's pissed off that uh, the Bruins grabbed these guys for – well, at first – okay, let's go through this first. The trade was first reported by a couple people, no blue check marks, but fans with sources, that it was um Craig Smith, zaborro and Connor Clifton. And when I tell you, I collapsed – on the, my living room floor <laughs> when I read that Connor Clifton was part of this deal. I was so upset. The first thing I did was I pulled up my phone and I texted Ethan, my fellow uh, big uh, big supporter of the pod, fellow couldn't be at grad, and he shared my frustration. Um, but I'm happy to hear that he's not going. But, man, what a couple of slam dunk additions for this team, huh? I don't know if you know, but what is – and by the way, you just mentioned that, what, Washington's retaining 50% of Orlov's salary for this year. I believe so which is great because he's got a 5.1 million dollar cap hit but do you know are either of them signed beyond this year or are they no pending if Uf- okay um, also Uf- i wanted to add as well something that ethan pointed out um the last seven stanley cup teams have had at least one russian on it and really uh, the bruins just picked up a russian dmitry orlov so Um, Great pickup And another thing too Orlov is an iron man I think he missed 15 games this year Five last year But between 2015 and 2020 He never missed a single game Obviously a Stanley Cup champion My my bigger question is Where does Orlov slide in? Because he's a left-handed defenseman Obviously you have um, uh, Jesus Christ Uh, (laughs) McAvoy You have Forbert And you have uh, Brennan Carlo Where does Dimitri Orlov slide in there?
0: I mean, if you're looking at him right now, I mean, he's got 19 points in 43 games with the Caps. Um, not known for his offense. So to see him at least, you know, get on the score sheet every other game, it seems like, is a pretty good sign. Especially coming from a team like the Washington Capitals that don't really utilize their defense in an offensive manner anyways. He's coming to a team with the with an opposite uh, mindset. They like to use their defensemen. Uh, they like to... Let them run free and kind of drive the play. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, um, you know, meshes into this system when historically he's not this kind of player. But I mean, he's 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 five eleven, two fourteen. Oh my god, that's he's a, he's a tree stump. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's <laughs> Russian he's power. A, he's just an immovable Russian tank, immovable. Yeah. Oh, um. Mobile, <laughs> yeah, Im- immovable. He doesn't go um, anywhere, he doesn't move. He just, he just <laughs> finds his spot on the ice and plants himself there. <laughs> no, but I mean, I can see, I, I think he's a regular, everyday in the lineup kind of guy. So, do you scratch Connor Clifton some nights with like he's leading your team in hits, playing well? Yeah. I don't think you want to do that
1: i don't know i don't think so i don't think i would do that either and and i don't want to sacrifice height either because i mean if you have Connor clifton playing out there pairing with Dmitry orlov you got your third pairing is under six feet and also derek Forbit is really good on the penalty kill and he eats yeah. up shots like it's his freaking job which at this point i guess you can say it basically is it's a good position to be in but i was just talking about this with my dad orlov is a really good pickup but yeah. he's not a seventh defensive guy he's an every night player and uh yeah. you know right now especially at that left uh de- defensive position it seems like the Bruins have four every night players. So I don't know if another move is in order. Um, I don't know if they're still in on chicken. I don't know if this means that they're out of it because they picked up Orlov. Well, um, yeah, that's that, a question dude, for you. Actually. What do you think? That's the thing. Like the, you still have Lysel. You still have
0: R- Lori. um You got Brandon Bussy that you could use as a chip. Potentially. You're not trading Jeremy Swayman. I, I you're not trading yeah. him this, this season. You're not trading him this season, but, mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I I feel like it
1: keeps your options open for Chikrin I mean, oh my Honestly, god. Honestly, I I was thinking I feel like they could move Grizzly, And yeah. I feel like I like when I saw this trade another left-handed defenseman and they didn't send any left-handed defenseman going back the other way. Yo. I don't they're not going to move Carlo. Um, Forbert on his contract and what he gives you is too valuable to move. He's not making a lot of money for what he gives you and Grizzlick is he has like a four million dollar cap hit doesn't he and he's been kind of a flash in the pan this year he hasn't been great um if you could move Grizzlick and if they're still in on Chikrin I mean it would cost more than just Matt Gryzlik obviously but I don't know I feel like they're not done making moves on the defensive unit because you have four left-handed defensemen unless and listen if they don't make any moves and this is the defensive crew that they ride with holy shit they're, yeah, they're, they're really deep. Like that's yeah, if you have Dmitri Orlov or Connor Clifton or Forbert, whoever it is as your seventh defensive defenseman, that's a great situation to be in. So I don't really know, but Garnet Hathaway, what do you know about Garnet Hathaway? I know he's 6'3, 2'10, big body. Um, what's yep. he gonna add to this Bruins team? So you
0: potentially could bolster up that physicality to that everybody is kinda. <sighs> hounding about you know what i mean they, they you have you have guys like aj greer sure but he hasn't really been consistently in the lineup i feel like they want a more consistent guy who's playing every day down in that spot who also brings the same kind of play and he he likes to throw his body around um he's this season he's got oh my god oh my god mel 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 oh my god what Garnet Hathaway this season has played 59 games. How many hits do you think he has? I have his stats right next to me, but I swear to God, I didn't look. How many games? 59
1: games? 59.
0: How many hits do you think he has in 59 games?
1: (sighs) Well, he's the the big bopper, other than Tom Wilson, that piece of shit, but he's kind of the big bopper over there in Washington. Well, now in Boston, I'm going to say 140 one hundred and ninety-eight hits on
0: Holy the season
1: shit. already.
0: Sixty-five block shots and, um, let's see. He's got sixteen points on the season. So you're not you're not getting him to to bolster that scoring depth. You're getting him to just bang bodies and get ready for that
1: physical playoff style yeah. game. And and just to put that into context as well, um, how many hits did you say he has? One hundred ninety-eight. Hundred and ninety-eight. Uh, Connor Clifton leads the Bruins with one hundred and fifty-six, so he just bumped down to number two. D- Actually, do you know who's second on the Bruins in hits? This is this surprises me. Forward or def- uh, defenseman? And just entire. Oh, he's a forward.
0: Uh, it's got to be.
1: No, uh, not Coil. Foligno. Yeah, dude, 130- Yeah, hundred and thirty-eight hits. Brandon Carlo is is. It's actually it's kind of crazy to look at these hit numbers. Not that it really matters that much. Forbert ninety three, Carlo who everybody says doesn't hit anybody ninety four. Nick yeah. Felino is second, hundred and thirty eight. Clifton hundred and fifty six. Well, everybody moves down a peg now because they just added yeah. the big bopper. Guarded yeah. Hathaway with hundred and ninety eight hits. You just added Great a pickup. wrecking ball into your now, bottom six. What do you think about um, what they gave up? I mean, a first, a third, and a fifth. Is that? I mean, Craig Smith is. No. First, first, can, first they, third and a second. First third. And a oh second. my God. That's even, you know, it's even more. I mean, they can take, <laughs> they can take Craig Smith, but a first third and a second. What do you feel about giving up that much, that, that many picks in that, that pick position for two players over 30 on an expiring contract?
0: Well, you're gonna have, you were gonna have to give up assets like that just solely based on your salary cap uh, issue right now. But the first round pick is uh this year's first round pick. And you got to assume it's going to be 32nd. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least at least 28 or higher. You're, yeah. You're expecting hope. this team to at least go to the conference finals Um, where you'll probably meet up with Carolina. And then, God, that's going to be a battle of a series. Mm. Um, But but the second and the third, I'm not really worried about, especially the third. Um, I feel like if you if you acquire guys like Orlov and Hathaway that are going to help you this year, um, while also not mortgaging the pieces that you already have in the prospect pool for your future, then it, that's a successful trade. A hundred percent successful trade.
1: I love it. Well, now, what do you think about um, the people who are talking about trading Swayman? I know you mentioned it quickly, but what are your thoughts on? Let me get. Let me ask you this: What are your thoughts on moving Swayman? to get an impact player at the trade deadline compared to your thoughts of moving him in the offseason to clear cap space
2: um
0: I, you you just you don't move him right now you, <laughs> you don't you just don't like you i i uh, his last 10 games since new year's eve since the new year's eve game Jeremy Swayman's last 10 games he is 6-1-2 with a goals against average of 1.76 in a save percentage of 937. You wow, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> so t- take out that first month and a half, two months of his season and he's probably going to be right next to Omar in the Vesla conversation and if he if he kept up this kind of play that he has over the past two months essentially, then mm-hmm. then you, you that's another Vesla candidate. You don't move him. Just because you have Omar, doesn't mean you move him. It, yeah. Like, goalies are so – their their stats fluctuate. They're, unless your name is Vasilevsky, and he started off the year crap too. But, yeah. but you don't move a young goalie prospect who's killing it just because, you know, he's an option that you can move. Find somebody yeah.
1: else. I could not agree more, especially – right now. I know a quick little teaser. Uh, One of the questions we have this week was uh, about a bad take that we heard. And um, I've been hearing a lot of bad takes, especially related to trading Swayman right now, but one of the absolute worst takes I heard. And it's funny because the question was specifically about WEEI. Yeah. Take. Again, we talk about him every freaking episode now, but freaking Jermaine Wiggins, the one who's pushing all this stupid <laughs> trades, Swayman shit, was going on this whole rant about how only only one goalie plays in the playoffs. So then they had this whole conversation of, hey, who do you think is going to play in the playoffs? And it's like, what do you, we fall out of a cherry tree? Hallmark <laughs> will be starting every game in the playoffs. And it was, well, if that's the case, then why do you need Swayman right now? Because you're only seven points up from Carolina. You got another 30 something games before the playoffs even start. You're still going to need Swayman's production until the playoffs start to get yep. in the best position possible to win some series. You need home ice advantage for the playoffs. You need um, it. I- I, we were talking about places you don't want to play. I don't want to play in Carolina. No. I still would not want to travel down to Tampa. And if you have, if you don't have home ice advantage against Toronto, I mean, those fans, they just picked up Brian O'Reilly had a hat trick the other night. They're going crazy. Cause again, they think it's their year. Cause they have every freaking year since yeah. the sixties, but <laughs> you need Swayman. And what's to say, and Andrew Raycroft actually brought this up as well. What's to say, you know, you do trade Swayman and the next day in practice, boom, all marks out for the year, hurts his knee. Well, now you have literally no chance. No now, hey, chance now, of winning the Stanley Cup. Now you have Keith Kincaid as your number one yeah. starter. Like, and listen, on. Keith Kincaid looked great in that one game that he played with. But it's yeah. just, it's, an, it's a risk you don't have to take. And especially after they just added Hathaway. Especially after they just act, add Orlov. And I know this was literally within the last 40 minutes. But holy shit, this Bruins team is so good. And I like, just don't meddle with it trading swayman would be a risk especially because he he what he's an rfa after this year now what kind of contract do you think Swayman will get because i was talking about this on twitter earlier today i was comparing it myself to the contract that uh jake Edinger got before the season started he got three years 12 mil so four mil in aav i don't think swayman's gonna get that much he's not a starter he knows he's the backup but if even if he got a bridge deal I mean, if he did get the four million dollars per year, you would be paying Olmark and Swayman a combined nine million dollars. Yep. That would be less than Vasilevsky, less than Bobrovsky, and it was less than who was the third, Carey Price. Mm-hmm. And you're paying, you're pay, You just read. We already know what Olmark stats are. You just read off Swayman's stats since the new year. I mean, you're you're paying for an elite goalie. It doesn't matter who's playing. Who's playing for nine million dollars a year and he's young, it's just, I don't, I, no matter if it's right now, I would never in a million years consider trading Swayman because you need him for the rest of the season. And even if it was the off season, I would not dump him just for the sake of calorie, salary relief. So calorie, calorie, calorie relief, relief. but I don't know, but that, what do you think, what do you think is a realistic contract that Swayman could get in the off season?
0: I'm thinking for Sway, it's, it's going to be similar to JD's uh, deal. Two years, maybe three and a half to four mil. That's yeah. what I
1: would say. Two years and then prove it. And then
0: if you're still producing, you're going to get paid.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it just kicked the can down the road. I mean, yeah. Omar is having an insane season this year. We don't know if he's going to do it again next year. And you know, you said a two-year deal for um, Swayman. I mean, Omar would still be under contract by then and reassess in two years. Maybe something has happened in those two years where Omar fell off. Well, guess what? You still have Swayman on the roster. You can just Hand him the keys to the franchise. He can be your franchise. But, like it's just it's a great position to be in the position that the Bruins are in right now. And I just feel like trading Swayman would would cast some sort of risk over this team that you really don't. There's no reason to take that sort of risk,
0: yeah. um and uh, so would you be okay with them keeping sway for, say that he signs that two year uh, bridge deal for whatever? would you want to see him or Omar kind of take the reins as that number one goalie, or would you rather them continue to do what they've been doing and play around 40% to 60% or 50, 50?
1: Oh, I I mean, part of me, I just want the better goalie to play. Whoever's, whoever's going to give you the best chance to win every night. I want to be the number one this year. It's very clearly been Omar. That's why he started like 70% of the games last year. They were pretty even. That's why it was, exactly split down the middle yeah. but at the same time when you have a 24 year old goalie and Omar is still young himself I think he's what 29 I mean he's not even 30 yet yeah. um, but at the same time I mean expectations are still fairly high for the kind of player that Swayman can be and he's not going to hit that peak he's not going to become that player if he doesn't play so you know at the same time I worry about you know two years from now Swayman will be 26 he would have spent the vast majority of his development years serving as a backup not getting all the starts that he needed so that would be the only part that would worry me in terms of him and like his future as in terms of his development but um i think it's still a good position to be in because they're two incredible goalies i'm not the one who has to answer the uh, that's don sweeney's job to decide who they're going to go with moving forward but i mean a lot could happen between now and two years from now i mean if omar keeps playing the way that he's playing you're set you have your goalie for the next you know sign him to another four-year deal when this contract's up because he'll be you know what? Uh, Thirty-two by the time his contract he's on right now is up, and goalies can last until their mid, mid to early late thirties. And if that doesn't happen and maybe Suddenly he struggles a bit next year and Swayman steps up and, ple- and he plays well Then ride Swayman and if that's what happens And guess what Swayman will only be 25 Next year and you're in a position where he can be your goalie For the future so bless you It's a good it's, it's a good it's a good Spot to be in um, they definitely have Options but if you trade Swayman right now then You don't have that option and then all your eggs Are in Omar's basket that he's going to be this Player every single year um, What he's shown you this year is that it's not just A flash a plant in the pan he's been extremely consistent and he's shut the door on pretty much every single team and every single start that he's had this year but at the same time it's one year and he's never played like this in his entire life so i still want to make sure that he can before i would consider trading swayman i would want to make sure that this is the hallmark mark that we're getting and that this isn't just like a one-year wonder because we've seen that before jose theodore won a won a heart trophy in 2002 What's he done since then? What do he do after that? <laughs> <laughs> what has he done since then? <laughs> yeah, like, things happen, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, can you imagine how crazy of a trade deadline this is? This would be if it's not going to happen, but if Sweeney does trade Swayman, people oh would be, oh my God, people would well, be
1: if they were to trade, what kind of trades would even entertain the thought of trading Swayman? Right. We yeah. talked about, we talked about chicken. I know you said what you were in. If, sw- if it takes Swayman to get chicken, you're in, mm-hmm. I would still.
0: Only, only if vegmelko was also a part of that package. That's it.
1: Yeah. I would, I would still kind of be on the fence. I don't, you know, a hell of a lot more of that Russian guy that you just said, whatever his name is than I do. So I will have to take your word for it, but I would still feel, feel weird about it. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm definitely not trading him for Patrick Kane. You'd have to be smoking crack to think that. But um, oh my god, wait! Did you see
0: Kane's uh, overtime goal the other night that they took away? It was vintage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When he when he literally they couldn't have just given it to him. That's what I'm saying. The guy's gonna get traded. Come on, just let him have his moment. Yeah. Where do you think Kane's going? You know what scares me? I still say Buffalo. You know what scares me is is if he goes to Carolina. Yeah. I feel they like have, that's... they a, have cap space too. They have like, cap space. Sure they have ten mil. Yeah, that. Ugh. And and I I think I saw something. He had, I believe, it was nine goals in his for in his the first fifty games this year. And in his last four games, he has seven. So he's they, up. They, they, he, it's he's doing he's doing his trial right now. He probably heard whispers that you know people think you fell off, Pat. Why don't you go out there and score some goals? And he went all right. And he could have had eight if they didn't call that damn overtime goal back. That. He should have scored. Um, uh, damn it. I had something else I was going to say, but I forgot. Oh, forget it. Have it's gone.
2: It's
0: <laughs> gone. Um, but yeah, before we even continue on with this conversation, um, let's talk about those three games that we were going to recap. So um, the Predators game, the Islanders game and the Senators game. Predators got thumped by Boston. Uh, Five, nothing win. We were recording as the game was going on for that first goal, the Marshawn goal. Uh, Swayman with a 28 save shutout. Marshawn, Smith, Bergeron, Forbert, and Frederick with goals. Um, Bergie with two assists. or I'm sorry. Berge with two points, a goal and an assist, and Felino with two assists that game. So um, absolutely dominated Nashville in, in this game. Uh, they kind of figured out the power play a little bit. They scored once on four opportunities. That's um, kind of looked a little bit better lately but it was struggling earlier. Um, the the them Boston played the Islanders, beat them 62. Olmark, uh, 26 saves on 28 shots. DeBrusque, Felino, Frederick, Bergeron. Um, Frederick with another, and Zaka with a goal as well. Uh, Bruins are one for three on the power play this game. Frederick with two goals. Felino with two points, a goal and assist. JD, oh, a goal and assist. Oh. Hello, we're going to talk about the Jake DeBrusque return too. Yeah. Yeah. JD came back from injury and two minutes and 20 seconds into the first period of his return game, he scored. I, I, dude, I was at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro and there was a good chunk of people there watching the game and JD scored and everyone was like, oh, holy shit.
1: (laughs) Jake DeBrusque (laughs) is back. It's crazy. I've, the Jake DeBrusque that we're seeing this year is like, Night and day. Like, this is the guy that the yeah. Bruins fans thought we were getting when we first drafted him. And it's it's just crazy to look at his development. I mean, uh, his career high is 27 goals. He has 18 this year in just about half the amount of games. Uh, yeah, his yeah, car- games too. yeah, his career high in points is 43, which he got his rookie year in 70 games. This year he has 33 points in 38 games. This is his career high in plus vitus. Uh, I mean, all across the board, his numbers are up. And I mean, we've said it a thousand times, but you got to give all the credit in the world to Jim Montgomery for unlocking this guy and showing you what he can do. And it's crazy that he's not making a lot of money either because this is for what he's giving you, because this is a guy who wanted a trade. I was shocked when the Bruins signed him to an extension. He rescinded his trade request. And now he's he's you're getting the the fruits of your loin and now he's going out there and he's, <laughs> and he's playing some great hockey and he's a contributing factor to wins night in and night out. Yeah. Um,
0: he He's a massive part of this team. There were people saying we should, we should involve him in a package for Chickard too. And I'm like, no, like, That's what, dumb. what, <laughs> you just <laughs> what? saw them
1: sputter a little bit when he was out of the, of the lineup with an injury. <laughs> yeah.
0: Somebody's—I remember distinctly—somebody said that we should sell high on him. And I'm looking at this tweet, and I'm still high. He's 26, I, dude. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm looking at this tweet, and I'm kind of just staring at it. I'm like, the 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 Bruins are on a, a historic pace right now. Jake DeBrusk is one of the main drivers of this team, but because he's he's performing better than what we thought he might. Let's
1: trade him now. For Let's get that guy out of here. It makes no sense. So let me ask you this. Do you think that the Jake debrust that we're seeing this year, do you think that this is really his potential being unlocked? Do you think it's more of a product of playing on a line with Bergeron and Marshan?
0: Playing on a line with Bergeron and Marchand definitely helps. But if you just watch his body language and his effort every shift even if he's not playing with Bergeron and Marshawn, maybe his production dips a little bit, but those intangibles are still going to be there where he's that guy. He's, he's like the little mouse running on a hamster, <laughs> I'm running on a, I'm running on a hamster. <laughs> That'd be quite the scene. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but, but it's so obvious when he's in the lineup that it just energizes everybody else on the team
1: too. He just yeah. picks
0: everybody's spirits up. It's so obvious.
1: Yeah. You don't you trade know, guys like that. Part of me wonders what what he'll look like next year. If this is truly Bergeron's last year, he doesn't have Bergeron and in, in, you know playing in between him and Marsha anymore. But mm-hmm. there's really nothing you can complain about Jake DeBrus this year. I mean, he is like every as soon as he touches the ice, it's like he was shot out of a freaking cannon, and I absolutely love it. And, uh, like you said, he's a huge reason why the Bruins are, you know, coming up. I think it was what they're on pace to be one game short of set, of setting or tying the NHL record for most wins in the season. That's incredible. And this is also a team, too, that's dealt with so many injuries, including Jake DeBrusque. So yep. it's a testament to everybody top of the lineup, defensive unit, and most importantly, the coaching staff.
0: Yeah. And, um, th- yeah, this team doesn't perform the same way if Jake DeBrusque isn't in the lineup. We literally just saw it like, yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think that this team relies on him so heavily after all the criticism that he's taken over the past couple of years. And if you're, if you're a Bruins fan and you've been on the Jake DeBrusque wagon, his whole career credit to you. Cause there were a lot of people who, who did not like his game said he sucked um, we're ready to ship him off for anything and call 2015 the 2015 draft a complete and utter failure. But with Jake Debrusk's production and his contributions to this team, you can't really call 2015 a failure per se. It's still disappointing because of the other two picks. Um obviously Zaboral is still kind of a wild card, but I really don't see it working out for him in the long run, unfortunately. But guess what? You hit on Jake Debrusque, you hit on him And without that pick, I don't know what this team looks like right now. Sure. You might have Kyle Connor instead, but his payday would have been more. So you would have been sacrificing a lot more of your team just to keep him in the lineup.
1: Um, You know, wow. That's a point I didn't think about. Connor Clifton. No, I mean, Connor Clifton. Sorry. I was just reading Connor Clifton tweets. (laughs) Um, If they did hit that draft, I mean, it would be nice having Matt Barzell and and, uh, Kyle Connor on this team, but, you know, the money that they would be making, you have to think about sacrificing players in other spots and you wouldn't have this perfect nucleus of a team you have right now that's setting it winning at a historic pace, maybe, if you're paying guys like that. Yeah, like
0: you probably don't have Taylor Hall in this lineup. You probably don't have Charlie Coyle in this lineup. Signing Posterdock would be a hell of a lot harder if you had him. Charlie Coyle is from Weymouth, so you know Sweeney would have found a way. Yeah. S- Sweeney would just buy him a house in the North End be like, this yeah. is your salary for the year, okay? I'll give you a league minimum in this condo in the North End. This yeah, is all give me you
1: a f- $50 Dunkin' Donuts gift card.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's more than Minnesota was giving me. It was damn Tim and- Hortons up here <laughs> <of Salem. laughs> And season tickets to Fenway Park. You get all the concerts. Free box of jail. Hey, hey, Coyle, I got Zach Brown Band tickets for you. They're coming to yeah. Fenway.
1: The uh, Dropkick Murphys will play at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring Renee Rancourt to say happy and, birthday for you. And you, you can meet Casey Affleck. Not Ben, that's too much money, but you can meet Casey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see here. So we're just about halfway through uh, the episode now. So I think it's time to remind everybody that we are – Brought to you in part by Canna Wellness. Canna Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day: Cana Sleep, Cana Mend, Canna Fresh, and Cana Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. I, I, I think I need to invest in some, uh, some Cana Mend because Wednesday night is trivia night and and. Oh those, baby, was trivia night. Where at your house, Medusa? In Hudson. Oh, shout, shout out, shout out. Hang on. Um, with over 50 vitamins, nutrients and herbal extracts and four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket. It is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players and pro sports stars who rely on the Canada Wellness Company to support high performance.
1: Mel. Let's talk about each product. Let's talk about it. Canon Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can of Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with the 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can of Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can of Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Can of Sleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, which is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverage which is no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, a roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Cannon Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to canawellness.com. That is c-a-n-i-wellness.com, and use our promo code BNG25. That is BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the canawellness.com website. We thank Cana Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, back to you. Let's hit some voicemails. Let's freaking do it! I'm pumped. We got uh one, two, three, four of them. Hey, um, two of them were from February sixteenth, which is the night of the Nashville game. This was right after the Bruins beat the piss out of the Nashville Predators. Um, Let's see what they had to say. Hang on. I'm trying to put this on speaker. I always struggle with this.
2: Vegas Beast Yo, what up? West Virginia's Vegas Beast fan right here. Hey, shut up. Um, how the hell do you watch Bruins pregame? How the hell do you watch Bruins overtime live if you're not in New England? Please. I'm the love a God, Someone <laughs> let me know. Boston, or... Off. Massachusetts born raised. I need to know how the hell do you watch nothing
0: outside of New England? Thanks, Mike. Damn, West Virginia. I, West Virginia. I, West, Virginia. I, West, Virginia <laughs> West Virginia. Listen to me. The state of West Virginia. Listen to me <laughs> loud and clear. The fact that you don't have an easy way for your residents to watch the greatest hockey team ever assembled in the history of the game is just brutal and unfair. It's, it's asinine. It it's is criminal.
1: Lock him up. <laughs> Lock him up. Who's the governor of West Virginia? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. To... Pretty soon it's gonna be Brad Marshan, though. That's a I, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I would well, I know Nesson, you can get like a subscription to their streaming service, but I know it's ridiculous. It's like 30 bucks a month. It's and, terrible. and it's like that's way work. too much money for the Bruins, Red Sox and Charlie Moore outdoors. Nobody is paying that <laughs> much money to, to watch those three things. Um, I guess you could always try Reddit, but um, Reddit would you could probably find the game on Reddit. I don't know if you could find the pregame on Reddit, though.
0: I know you can go to crack streams. If you go to crack streams, I mean, there you there's a solid chance you're giving your computer uh, an Ill, an illness. But if
1: it's worth it to watch this team, that's but, true. And you will see Jack Edwards and Annie Brickley talking before the game, so it might be worth it for that virus.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I once gave the work computer a virus because I've used that <laughs> to, 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 to watch the game. But worth um, it. the governor of West Virginia is Mr. Jim Justice. So, Mister Justice, I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta. Listen I gotta, here, JJ.
2: I, I, you gotta, gotta figure out how to
1: put Nesson on the TV for your residents because they're trying I gotta, to watch the Bruins make history. I gotta tell you something, Jimmy. Listen, listen up, <laughs> listen up, good Jim.
0: If you want to get reelected by the good people of West Virginia, give them Nesson It's an easy way to just yeah continue what's his, winning. What's
1: his name? Jim. Justice you know what, Jim Justice. Mr. JJ, we will we will help <laughs> funnel people towards your reelection campaign right. if you put Nesson on the air for the good people of West Virginia. Not all of them are good people because some of them are Carolina Hurricanes fans, but for the mm-hmm. Bruins fans in West Virginia, that are they are they Hurricanes fans in West Virginia or are they more Predators fans? They might be more Predators fans, but Carolina isn't it's probably like Connecticut. It's probably like split 50-50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either way, you got to put more Bruins games on the TV because your residents are trying to watch. But that caller also left us a second voicemail. And um, this is what he's sitting on. So are the beans going to make a
2: move at the deadline or what? And I kind of think if it ain't broke Don't fix it Uh talk about it,
1: I feel like There's two trades I would make Unless you could get it in the same trade That would be great But if you could find a way to get rid of Craig Smith That would be my priority But I really like just, Dimitri Orlov said, oh. I really like <laughs> You idiot You ruined the bit <laughs> You were so, <laughs> you were so, you were so <laughs> excited. <laughs> what are you talking about? We just got they, rid of Craig Smith. They should get Dimitri Orlov and they should like get, they should get uh, Garnet Hathaway Ooh, from Washington. That, oh, that would be sick, actually, I if think, we could get those that, two. I think that they would fit like a glove. But you in think, all wait, 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 and stuff, wait.
0: You think, you think Craig Smith would get you Dimitri Orlov and, and Garnet Hathaway?
1: Um, or would don't you know, have th- to throw in some picks? No, I think I think if you maybe dangled Connor Clifton in their face to get yeah. to the bite and yeah. then say, nah, I don't know, maybe what a, a first this year and a future I feel like a few a first this year, a future second and a third along with along with Craig Smith, but only if Washington keeps fifty percent of Dmitry Orlov's <laughs> contract. I think that would get it done. You know, I think that's I'm just spitballing here though. I don't know.
0: Hey, if Sweeney can pull that off, that's a hell of a move. Oh yeah, build a statue. Yeah. All no, right. Here's the. Wait. Wait. In all seriousness, though, what were you gonna say?
1: For, um. Oh, no, I was gonna like- ask if there's, if there's. <laughs> I'm just looking at the voicemails now. The same person also left two more. So we got, we have four voicemails. All four of them are from the same dude in, in West Virginia. Oh yeah, I but love it. My my other question was gonna be, um, you know, now that obviously they added Orlov and they added, um, Hathaway and they got and they shed the contract of Craig Smith. Are there any other names that you're looking at right now other than Chikrin, and we'll include Luke Shen as well, that you're looking at that you think is a realistic opportunity that the Bruins can trade for them? Ivan Barbashev, St. Louis. Ah, we We talked about him a little bit last episode. He could play some center too, is right? Center and what, right wing? I believe so. Um, That would be a sneaky good pickup. Do you think, uh, I don't know if you know his contract, but um, he's young too, isn't he only like 26? Ivan
0: Barbashov is um, hang on let me let me pull this up real quick. He's 27 years old, he's 6'1, 195. He's got 28 points so far in 57 games as a Hockey Reference has him as a uh, as mainly a center. I think he can play the wing though. Um last season he had 60 points in 81 games 26 goals 34 assists and this season 28 and 57 so he's not on the same pace at all but he's a good player he's a heavy guy um you know I don't, with with Garnet Hathaway I don't know if they would still target Barbashev,
1: but it would be a it would be a good pickup it would be. And another Russian, so Stanley Cup guaranteed. That's true, and it's worth noting that he is on an expiring contract, so maybe he wouldn't cost too, too much to acquire, but um, listen, keep I, sh- keep sending him draft picks, baby. I would love Barbership on this team. I He kind of reminds me a little bit like Pavel Zaka,
0: a little bit. Mm. Obviously he's been historically more of a pro- productive player than Zaka was with New Jersey, but I feel like they're they were in a similar spot. St. Louis sucks this year. He's unmotivated. Probably just wants to get out of there. Honestly,
1: um, and it's worth noting too that Cap Friendly has his position lifted listed as center, left wing, and right wing. Boom! So, there you go. Plays everything but defense, goalie, and water boy. All right, we have uh, two more voicemails from our friend in West Virginia. <laughs> How fucking okay? Yeah. This one sounds like it's gonna be funny because I can see the text. No, <laughs> I know this is
2: like the third time I call, but there's past no way, I can't watch nothing in West Virginia. Jimmy, there's no way. If anybody knows, any way to watch nothing, Virginia. Nothing overtime. Why? After the games, let me know. Okay. Like that's 2023, I can't watch nothing if I'm not New England. That's fucking. That's ridiculous. Uh, go bees. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> right. go bees. Listen, listen, listen. listen. listen.
1: You got to write a strongly worded letter to your governor. Is- yeah. Or my my secret it's what I use for a lot of uh, MMA and UFC fights is 6streams. Mm. It's don't don't type it. You the actual number 6 followed by streams.com and then I think it redirects you to like murky streams. Great site. They I I've, I've never wanted to watch any sporting event that they didn't have. So Honestly, I would be a, a bit surprised if they didn't have Nessun pregame on there. That would be Tom, my go-to. Tom out. What about ESPN Plus? He's out of market. They wouldn't be blacked out. I'm pretty sure that they showed... Yeah, but pre- he wants he wants Nessun. They wouldn't have Nessun on ESPN Plus. Yeah, no, they they do. They have Nessun on ESPN Plus, even though it's no. not owned by ESPN. It's it's.
0: Yeah, I mean, in uh, in my experience, you just click on ESPN Plus, you go down to the Bruins broadcast and you pick or you go to the Bruins game, you pick Bruins broadcast and it just automatically
1: redirects you to Nesson. Interesting. And that would be I- a lot cheaper. Then why would anybody want to pay? You're literally paying $30 for Charlie Moore Outdoors. And if that's what if that's anybody who has Nesson streaming, if you can do that, I have ESPN Plus, so I should look into that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, but I'm also
1: I mean, in Central Mass, so I can just throw on Channel 51 in the
0: Bruins. Right, and and it would be blacked out on ESPN Plus uh, because we're no, oh, that's in a good point. that's a good yeah. point. I don't uh, know for sure if they have the pregame though or not. I, I actually don't know.
1: the The sure. timestamps of these are hilarious too. His first voicemail asking <laughs> about Neskin was at 10:43. Then nine minutes later, he called to ask if the Bruins are going to make a trade. And then um, about 40 minutes later. No, sorry. Then uh, three minutes later, he called the third time, and then uh, about almost forty minutes after that, he called a fourth time. Wait, I'm not was- gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Having him call our voicemail line makes me
0: want to go to West Virginia. Like, Dude, just honestly, me wanna, right? I kind of want to go to <laughs> I want to go ATVing with him. Let's, let's do okay. it. I'll bring Nessie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. All right, hang on. <laughs> Okay, so Swayman and Omar both excellent goaltenders. Uh, at what point do you think we're going to have to pay both of them? You know, but who's going first? Are we going to be able to keep them or are we going to be able to pay both of them? What do you guys think for the future? This is way down the line, I think. But, you know, who do we give up first? Who do you think? Who do we? You know, trying
0: to keep what do
1: you think talk about it <sighs> what do you
0: think probably Swayman with the emergence of Bussey in Providence you probably are, that probably makes Jeremy Swayman more expendable and also because of his age maybe has a little bit more value than Olmark honestly <laughs> if if you're an opposing GM looking at the two
1: I feel like if you were to trade either of them this offseason, Olmark would have exponentially more value because of just what he gave you this year. But in terms of paying them both, you know, what they deserve down the line, I mean, you're not going to have to give. um, I feel like when when Olmark's contract is up, I feel like only one of the two are going to be on the Bruins roster. I don't think that they're going to give Omar his next contract, which if he keeps playing like he's playing right now, is going to be really big. It's probably going to be in like the 8 to $9 million range while also giving Swayman, you know, 5 to $6 million, whatever it is. I feel like you you can't have two big goalie contracts like that, which I think is the point that he was making. So, um I don't know. I mean, you don't have to trade him right now. You don't have to trade either of them in the off season. At least I wouldn't, I know trading Swayman would help, you know, your cap relief, but you know, when it came down to it, I mean, if Omar is, if he plays next year and the year after, if, okay, if you sign Swayman to the bridge deal this year, you give him that two year deal and then Omar keeps playing the way that he's playing, or even, I don't think it's, it's feasible. Like he's going to play like this every year, but if he gives you even 80%, next year in the year after what he's giving you this year, I think you, you ride with Omark. and to your point, I think you move Swayman and maybe you try out Brandon Bussy. but if you're not getting that from Omark, I think it's completely feasible to say, listen, you have a 30 year old goalie here who's a really good goalie, but you also have a 24 year old goalie who's giving you nearly identical numbers. I think that that would maybe bring up the thought or the idea of keeping Swayman and trading Omark. But I said it before, it's a good position to be in. I mean, I don't think these guys are, I don't, do you think that they're ever going to be the goalies, though, to demand top dollar? Because I, I don't know. Like I just feel like, like Vasilevsky is getting paid. He has like a $10 million cap hit. <laughs> Carey Price has a $9.5 million cap hit for Montreal because, I mean, he might as well be the mayor of Montreal. And Bobrovsky, for whatever reason, got that massive contract whenever he had those really good years. Uh, wait, did he sign that contract with Florida or did he sign that contract with Columbus and then he was traded to Florida? I'm pretty sure he signed that deal with Florida. Either way, Florida was desperate for a goalie because we went yeah. over this before. They didn't have anybody since Luongo. Um, and other than that, I mean, there's a huge drop down. I think the next highest pay goalie is um, John Gibson, who was making like 6.25 or something like that. Mm. And I don't think that Olmark is ever going to be the guy who's going to demand anything north of eight. Um, and I don't think Swayman is ever going to get anything close to that. So...
0: It's just, it's wild when you're really looking at the contracts of the Bruins. I don't know what kind of black magic Don Sweeney and Cam Neely have (laughs) over players, but there's so many guys on this team that just take pay cuts just to play. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and that's, uh, Brad Marshan talked about it once before. That's one of the reasons they've been so successful for so long. Regular season success, I should say. They've been deep yeah. in the playoffs, too. I know they only have one cup, but um, I mean, they're able to have a competitive team every single year because these guys don't demand top dollars. I mean, Brad Marshan is making what, $6.67 million a year? That's a guy who had a 100 point season. That's your best offensive player, and he has been for uh, the last five or six years now. And he could be making almost double that if he, I think, if he was on the open market, he could easily be getting a, a double figure contract, 10, 11 million dollars. David Posternok, I mean, he signed a five year deal making just over six million dollars a year when he was 21 years old. And back then they said, I think you left some money on the table. And he went, yeah, no shit, but I like playing (laughs) hockey. I don't care about the money. I mean, you don't find players like that in other cities and other markets. And because your star players are able to take contracts like that, it sets a precedent that then makes the guys behind them say, yeah, you know, if these guys are all in and they're leaving money on the table because they want to go out there and put the best team on the ice possible, then damn it, I'll do the same thing. And I think it kind of trickles through the locker room.
0: And it's like you you literally like you just said, people want to come and play here. It's it's such a good problem that not even problem, there's just something good about Boston. Like you see you see stars in Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, oh, goddamn contact. Columbus. Like they want more money to go play there. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to play in those places. Um either too much media. Or the place just sucks, aka Winnipeg and Edmonton yeah. um and Columbus too. But like Ohio. Boston is just a high, highly sought after destination for hockey players. And it's mm. awesome to see. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And uh like you said though, like these extensions, these contracts that Sweeney has given out to his own players. We're not talking about free agent contracts. Yeah. They're they're insane, and it's it's a huge reason why they're able to go out and get somebody like um, Dmitry Orlov or Hathaway. That's why they can trade for a guy like Taylor Hall or Pavel Zaka because they have all these guys in their roster with very tradable contracts. Even a guy like Craig Smith who's making more money than he should have, they just were able to unload him and take back Dmitry Orlov and Hathaway, two guys who could be huge for you entering the playoffs. So um I hope he's able to work a little bit more of his magic, whatever the hell he's doing over there, to sign Pasta because we're getting pretty close here to the end of the season, to playoffs, and Pasta still hasn't signed that extension yet.
0: Yeah, um, I so I wanted to I wanted to point this out to you because it's become one of my favorite, uh, I guess you could say, trends or tradition, one of those two. But every morning the Bruins play, uh, I I put out that tweet the wake up. Hashtag Angel Bruins it's fans, day. it's game day, yeah. and there's there's been consistently this one account that responds with like all caps. He's like, "Let's fucking go!" Like <laughs> it's game day, baby. And then I I hadn't looked at all, he, he he tags a bunch of people right, but I had neglected to like look through the the people he tags in it until a couple days ago. And I was I was going through him and I was like, I was like, oh, what the f-? like Shakira was tagged, Joe Biden was tagged, um, <laughs> um uh just today Chuck Norris was tagged in it. Like it, it's it's what it makes me smile every time he responds because I'm like, oh, who'd he tagged today? And it, he did Shakira and he did a hashtag hips don't lie. And it was it was, I don't know, dude. It's so funny. <laughs>
1: He's Um, making sure everybody's ready for Bruins game day.
0: Yeah, but like it's the most wild, like
1: (laughs) sphere of people. President Biden, Chuck Norris.
0: Yeah, like it's it is it's so funny. His I'm trying to find his Twitter right now because I want to give him a shout out. Um, you can follow him at Origin of Growl. Um, it's, it's so, I love it. It's one of the funniest things. Um, he tagged the Undertaker, Boston Globe, <laughs>
1: just to make um, sure Boston Globe is paying attention,
0: yeah, just to make sure that they're ready for the game, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shakira, NASA, <laughs> <He tagged>
1: NASA. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, Nancy Pelosi, uh, chap, an NFT guy. AOC, (laughs) AOC.
0: I'm just waiting for one of them to to respond. Game day. Yeah, I need one
1: of them to say
0: something.
2: Oh
1: my! Did you see the one that he tweeted on his own? No. He said, "Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. It's a MF game day. Little West Coast pit stop before we invade Canada. LFG." And he tagged he tagged (laughs) you in it. He tagged an an LSU fan account. Uh, that NFT guy again. He he. (laughs) Tag Johnny and Associates, which is some business in Japan. <laughs> Subway, <laughs> Subway. <laughs> Drake, Franklin Chang Diaz, who is the founder of AD Astra Rocket Company and an Astra astronaut. <laughs> who and, are these? Any any he, and he, and he tagged Mika Salamanca, who is a vlogger. <laughs> 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 he probably just hits the ad simile and just starts twiddling his thumbs and just clicks on the first name that pops up every
0: time whoever comes up my favorite one was shakira though because i i responded to him with something and then he responded back with uh with the gif of her like at the super bowl performance where she was doing that thing with her tongue at the camera
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah back on uh, january 22nd he said it's game day mofos lfg he he tagged Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to wake her up, man. The ruins are on. Dude, it's game day. I'm telling
0: you, it's it's my favorite like reply tweet that I get. I look <laughs> forward to it
1: every morning. Oh, that's great. We also got some uh, some text DMs. Hell yeah. Um, let's get this going with Melinda. You can follow her on Twitter at Melinda underscore paints. Melinda, um, hang on. She said early on in your Something's Brewing podcast season or maybe it was a poll. Anyway, you mentioned over 50 goals for Pasta this Selly season. Today, Pasta is just 9 goals away from 50. Do you think Pasta will best 50 goals before the season is over including the playoffs and Stanley Cup? I say yes, keep the faith. I say absolute resounding yes. There I think he I think he what he's nine short of 50. I think he will eclipse. Oh, hang on. Let's see how many games are left. There's about what 30 31, 32. I think I it's think very, 32. I think it's very feasible that he'll get 50. I'm gonna say 53, 54 goals to end the season. That would be I, about what 15 goals a goal every other game but he's probably going to get a hat trick somewhere cuz it's just I, what I it was
0: does. dude I was going to say you think he only gets 15 goals for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's breaking 60. I am going to say he finishes the year with 64. So,
1: oh, what? Are you yes. Oh, are you including the playoffs? No. Hang on. No. there's he's finishing the season with 64 goals. So he's 9 short of 50 right now. So that would be what twenty-three goals yeah. in about thirty games? He can he can easily do that, dude. That would be crazy. I hope he does because He's, then uh Austin Matthews would have to slide down a peg as the most recent 60 goal score. Yeah. Well, uh McDavid actually no McDavid's gonna get seventy. <laughs>
0: yeah, you <he> might
1: <laughs> that but, freaking asshole. I mean,
0: look at the teams look at the lineup of the schedule that we got for the rest of the season. Tell me, Pasta doesn't score at least what? What'd you say? Twenty four? Uh, yeah, twenty three. Either way, Kraken, Canucks, Oilers, Flames. That four game stretch, he probably gets twenty four goals right there. <laughs> um, Sabers, Rangers, Oilers, Red Wings, Red Wings, Blackhawks, Jets, Wild, Sabers, Senators, Canadians, Lightning, Hurricanes, Predators, Blue Jackets, Penguins, Blues,
1: Leafs, Devils, Flyers, Caps, Habs. Listen. He might get 70, dude. He <laughs> those teams. Dude suck. He, he
0: really he might not hit 70, but I think 64 is I, my landing spot. 60
1: 60 might be feasible. I think yeah. it's going to be I think I think I think like his eclipse, like his peak would be like 60 or 61. I think it'll be like a mad rush to get to 60. But yeah. either way, man, holy shit the year that he's having and we mentioned last episode, as great of a season that Pasta's having. Last time I checked, he had one less point than Eric Carlson. Yep. Give him the Norris. Just give. All him right. The, yeah, I'll give Pasta the Norris. We yeah, we got a few more questions. We got cool. two more. This one is from Zebo. You can follow him on Twitter at Otis the Mango. <laughs> Love it. He said, "Who is an under the radar player that you guys might like to see added at the trade deadline? The big names are moving quick, but is there someone on the market that makes you wonder?" Um, Barbashev makes me wonder, Um, uh, Chikrin still makes me wonder because I still think it's a possibility that they could trade. It, it could be. Oh, is, is Luke Shen a lefty or righty? Lefty. Ah, so he's probably out of the picture. He's but yeah. Chik- Shen,
0: Shen is probably out. Chikrin still isn't though. I would not, I would not close the door on Chikrin. You still That's- have those assets that you can ship off and please, for the love of God, don't think that Fabian Lysel is the next coming of like Pavel Bure.
1: He's, he's, He's he's Fabian myself. That's who he is. Uh, did no, you see the report? Were they talking about Chikrin, that Arizona was only asking for a first and then a, a player that's worthy of a first-round pick? Was that? Yes. Was that? No way, because the no Bruins way. would have done that <laughs> three months ago. Yeah, I do not believe that for no a way. second. But what do you think it would cost to get Barbashev? Uh, Barbashev, I don't know. I haven't
0: seen too many reports on what his value would be, but I'm assuming a pick or two. And then a prospect, maybe a guy like Merkulov or Beecher, or um, I don't, I don't know any other guys you got down there <laughs>
1: do you, worthy of it. Do you think Barbashev would be a rental though, or do you think that they would they would really be committed to re-signing him? Because now, hey. like we've gone through this before, like they have a handful of UFAs next year, and you know they just traded for two more. And If they get Barbershev, that's a third you know it would make me i would feel like if they were to get Barbashev, he would be a rental more of a rental because they would then have to uh i don't know i feel like it would be hard to resign that guy cuz you have other holes in your roster that are more that are more precedent on resigning i know clifton's up um uh, swayman's in rfa you got pretty much your entire bottom 6 is up so you have some questions to be answered there but um boy Barbashev in this lineup i don't want to jinx anything but Um, I would tell that fella who engraves names into the Stanley Cup to just start looking at the Bruins Wikipedia page, baby, because uh, (laughs) I'm taking a vacation day in June to go to Boston. I don't know. I think I might see some other Bruins fans there as well. I'm planning on it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. It has to happen,
1: dude. Um, Do we have more DMs? We do. We have one more. This is from Ethan Moriarty. Friend of third. the show, friend of mine, you can follow him on Twitter at E Moriarty WX. He said, Sup, boys. My question for the pod this week is What is the Bruins' worst WEEI take in huh. Bruins' history? Now, this is the one that I was alluding to before, and I have a take here a video from a few days ago. To be fair, it's not from WEEI, but it is from twang arguably twang the worst twang. the worst radio voice in all of Boston who works for WEEI, Adam Jones. Him and Mike Felger were on, what, the NBC Boston thing, talking about hypotheticals for the Bruins. And the segment is called, Should the Bees Consider Trading Olmark or Swayman? I will let you listen to what this bozo clown, Adam Jones, had to say. I'm
3: looking at it. I'm paying attention to it. I don't think Olmark's slam dunk. He was the starting goaltender last year at the beginning of the postseason. They went to Swayman. I I don't think it's a bad thing for the Bruins, but it may actually be an extra trade chip they have at the deadline if they want to get bold. So I know Milbury has said this. Would you trade Jeremy Swayman? Sure. i trade Allmark. If I I got the the right return, Swayman's been the best goaltender in the NHL, statistically, entering today since December 17th. He's been Allmark. He's been the same thing. He's the younger, cheaper option, which, again, I don't really care about, but... If you have Pastrnak's number going up and you're worried about the long term, he's a younger goaltender. So, if I can get more for Olmark? Sure, take Olmark. If I can get more for Swayman, take him. But if you're talking about a real stud that can put you over the top, not just win the President's Trophy but put you over the top to win a Cup, yeah, I trade one of those goalies. You don't need them both. You said it right, Jones. If it's a real return, I'm not trading Swayman just to trade him. I'm not trading him for Gavrikov, who we'll talk about in a second. Chichar, maybe that's more of an elite kind of guy. For real return, I would consider Swayman. Otherwise, no, because unlike other people, I don't think they're going to suck next year or in two years or three years. And so I am not like all in this, you know, just pushing everything in for this year.
2: I'm not kidding
1: when I tell you that that might be like the worst take I've ever heard. And yeah. forget Bruins history. I, I would have. Oh, my God. I would um, like to yeah. look at their DVR and see if they have any recorded Bruins games, because it sounds like those two bozos have not watched a single. Ga- forget Bruins, a single game of hockey this entire year. No, dude, you can dude. at the trade deadline. You can take Olmark or Swayman, whichever one is more valuable.
0: What? <laughs> dude, they they I, I swear to God, they don't know anything anything about hockey in this the is slightest sense this is they how probably they, still think they play they they play regular f- for, for overtime in the regular season. oh my
1: God they probably still think Rey's are wearing the a this They're, is how they feed their family is by yeah, is by sure. talking sports for a living and these two clowns went on TV and went oh yeah you know I think of a trade deadline you should really consider trading a homework or swim in. whichever one I don't really care what? What are you saying? That is like, well, that is so dumb. It's, um, it, it pissed me off to my core. And then I fell in that stupid little thing where this is when it really pisses me off because everything is so reactionary. That's the whole point of sports commentary in Boston is to get reaction because if you're mad, you listen. Emotion yep. cells. And these two clowns went on NBC Sports Boston and said that piss poor take that you just heard. And wouldn't you know, but the video got almost two million views. It had about 500 quote tweets, about 300 replies of everybody doing exactly what we're doing right now. And if that's how they want people to listen, and if that's how they want to make money by just pissing people off, by having some of the most uneducated takes in <laughs> sports possible, then you have to be able to live with people knowing that you're a clown. Like that's, yeah. just, how, that's just how it should be. Like yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't have people expect – you can't expect to have people respect your sports opinion when this is how you do it. And it just it drives me crazy. And I fell victim to it. I sent them a tweet back saying, like, you guys are stupid or I don't remember what I said. And then I was like, oh, crap. Wait a minute. I know what they're doing. And then I tweeted back saying, like, well, listen, guys, hang on. Nobody replying. That's what they want. or something." Like that. But, <laughs> oh, my God, it made me so mad. And then the next day I considered listening to Adam Jones show just so I can hear him eat shit about people roasting him for what he said but then i remembered wait a minute they only take calls from people who agree with them and the two other people on his show don't know much about hockey either so that's where it went but that was the worst take i've
0: ever heard worst take i've ever heard that's the one i was gonna say too so i'm glad you brought it up and i'm glad you had it ready to go too it's ridiculous the stuff that they try to push i'm 99 percent sure that the reason why Tuca gets so much hate in the city is because the fans who just listen to them spew their nonsense and then regurgitate it is, is the main reason. Like, yeah, if, if you're talking to a, a legitimate Bruins fan, who's who's watches 80% to hundred percent of the games every year and really follows a team, those people know how this team works and, and that Tuca was, legitimately probably the best goalie in Bruins franchise history yeah. but the people who just listen to 985 or, or wei or whatever and and just reiterate reiterate what they say aren't real fans and that, and if, if anyone you know if you're talking about the Bruins and anyone you know just kind of sides with a 985 take or a wei take nine times out of ten they're' just not correct yeah
1: and it's like there are a whole collection of people who take everything that these clowns say as like the gospel right like they are so wrong about everything like they're just trying to get reaction out of people that's the whole negative shtick that's the whole spiel i remember at the beginning of the year i was at your house we were watching the bruins game and i was driving home and um i think i was listening to uh 98.5's Midday Show, which is Mark Bertrand and Scott Zolak. I actually like them. They don't talk Bruins because they know that they don't know much about it. So I respect them for that. But um, Adam Jones, this is when he was still on the Sports Hub, was doing the night show. And and he was saying how, like, you know, this is just a flash in the pan. The Bruins are peaking too early. At this point, the Bruins were, like, 25 and 2. And he was like, the Bruins are peaking too early. Um, And he was saying, like, everybody's saying that the Bruins are a deep team. He said that they're not a deep team. He said that the only thing that the Bruins did between this year and last year was they brought back Krejci. And he was like, you brought back Krejci? And now I'm supposed to believe that this team is different than you were last year? And I remember I sent you a voice memo like four minutes long because I was so pissed. Yeah, you did. And I was like, this dumbass! (laughs) I was like... You have a whole year of Hampus home in the system. Omar is playing out of his mind. Another year of Swayman's development. Krejci's back. You got Zaka. Felino's playing out of it. Like it was just Jim Montgomery's like it was just it was the and, and it worked because it got me mad. And then somebody called in and they were like, no, I think you're forgetting that they also got a Pavel Zaka or whoever. And it was and I, I was still mad about that. I was like, you're missing seven other key things that are different between this year and last year. But it was just the whole thing. And I'm glad that Ethan asked this question because I have, especially on Twitter, I have waged a war against 98.5 and WEEI for like the last three years. I always yeah. tweet back at, especially Adam Jones. Um, and it's annoying. And to your point, like you just said, a lot of this stuff like charges the discourse in this city of how we talk about these players and how these players are remembered. When you sit in front of a microphone and you're on TV, they simulcast their show and you talk about this stuff for in front of 30,000 people and you take these avenues and you, and you talk about them in a certain way and you share these shitty ass opinions year in and year out every single day, people are going to start to buy an informed opinion. And especially like, they've had an impact on the way that we see players in the city, the way that players are remembered. You just brought up Tuka Rask. I remember once I tweeted at uh, Jim Murray, who works at 98.5, the sports hub. And he is like, he is so negative, And he's just so like, not right about everything. The whole thing was, and <laughs> he put an asterisk next to the Red Sox 2018 season, where they had 108 wins, most wins in franchise history, beat the shit out of everybody in the playoffs, including that 16 to two beatdown in New York and won the world series. They had the MVP, like, Chris said I would have won the signing if he didn't get hurt. It was a whole thing. And he gave him an asterisk just because he didn't think that they were good enough. And I tweeted (laughs) at him once and I said, listen, Bozo, don't you think that you guys like running your mouth and creating all this discourse about every single player in this city makes them feel some kind of way? I think it was when everything was going on with Jalen Brown being in the trade news just because the sports hub was because Jermaine Wiggins said that Jalen Brown told him in a hookah bar that he wants to leave Boston or some shit. and. And he tweeted back at me and he was like, no, like, and if you think that like people who work on the radio have any impact towards players, willingness to want to play in this city, then you're a moron. And that's when I knew that the war was lost. These guys are never going to get it.
0: So no, that's they'll never
1: get it. They, that's that's they have I their shit. They do. Yeah, they have and their they do it and well.
0: They with it. Yeah. yeah. They, oh my God. They beat everybody
1: so well. No, really I know. It's
0: good. Um, I think that, that was it for, it for the DM, right?
1: I, I think so. All right, let's do a little
0: quick three-game preview, including the game tonight. Um, obviously, this is coming out tomorrow, so the game will already have been played, but it is the Seattle Kraken game. Um, we are in Seattle, 10 o'clock p.m. start. Um, I hate 10 p.m. starts, but let's see. Bruins are 19-6-2 on the road. Seattle is 15-10-3 and three at home. Bruins are on a four-game winning streak, and Seattle has just lost one in a row. What is your prediction?
1: <laughs> they lost one in a row. Wow. Yeah. Um, They're on a one-game losing streak. Fine. Listen, this is, <laughs> this is a revenge game for the Bruins. Don't forget, Seattle was a team yeah. that gave the Bruins their first home loss. So, Swayman's in net tonight. Yep. Um, I think that they're riding high thinking, you know, knowing that they have Orlov and Hathaway coming to their locker room in the coming days. I'm going to say that the Bruins win three to one, three to one dub. I'm going to say,
0: I'm going to say f- uh, four to four to one. Same, same kind of idea as you. Nice. Um, Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Krejci gets a goal and then Frederick gets two. And the obligatory fight, po- yeah. <laughs> yeah the obligatory <laughs> posteracle <goal. laughs> uh
1: next they have away at Vancouver on Saturday what do you now
0: Vancouver's eleven fifteen and four or I'm sorry Vancouver's eleven fifteen and one at home um Vancouver is just a trash bag organization at the moment <laughs> um I'm
1: gonna say six to two Bruins win <laughs> I don't know though. Vancouver does have two way four Jack's Nico on their team. That's they the only do. thing that's making me wonder. No, I think that this is uh do you think you're gonna have Olmark or Swayman play? Probably Olmark. Uh maybe no, maybe Swayman and then save I Olmark. I was gonna I really. was gonna say yeah, I was gonna say they need to they might need to save uh olmark, but I mean they have Edmonton, then Calgary, then Buffalo, then the right uh nah. okay. I'll say uh I'm gonna say four nothing. I'm gonna say shutout. Or nothing all right um
0: let's see then finally the Oilers still uh, on the road trip so Edmonton's home record is 14 11 and 5 interesting their away record is 17 8 and 3 so they're wow. a much better away team um i'm going to say ooh i'm going to say Bruins
1: win f- 5 to 3 i'm going to say Bruins win 4 to 2 interesting I feel like it's going that way. Also, interesting enough, the following game, the next night the Bruins play in Calgary, tickets are going for as low as $22. Hey, wow. That's yeah. not fair. Did That's you not, see? That, you
0: can get two beers here for twenty dollars yeah,
1: When the Bruins were playing Ottawa the other night, uh, I think Ticketmaster ticket had like one game left in the upper deck. It was like 300 and something bucks.
0: It's for the Ottawa Senators, really
1: for the crazy. Ottawa Senators, and I might have just been because it was the like the last ticket they had available in that area. But at the same time, you're sitting way up in the nosebleeds, and it's the Ottawa Senators. So,
0: honestly, and the crazy thing is, people are still going to pay that.
1: Yeah, I'm someone's sure somebody buy, someone's did. buying that ticket. Yeah. Well, well they have Edmonton here uh, twice in about two weeks. Yep. They got Edmonton on the 27th, and they got Edmonton again on March 9th. Yep. yep. Now, uh, why why are why are the Bruins in Edmonton? national games probably just because
0: you know guys like mcdavid dry bergeron pasta marshawn
1: that's going fair. up against each other i was gonna say it's not exactly you know a couple powerhouses fighting against each other but no
0: uh, there's no rivalry there, there.
1: also yeah. coming up is a matinee against the rangers march 4th one o'clock i hate matinees but i do like them more than 10 p.m game start times yeah
0: I've I've gotten used to matinees actually. I used to hate them, and now I actually kind of I don't mind. I, especially when I'm working, I could just throw
1: it on my phone and kind of kill off three and a half hours. Yeah, I think about though. I guess it's it's. I mean, when you watch from home, it's not horrible. But I think about like if you were to go to the game, to go to a matinee game. I mean, ugh, yeah, you're in like line then, getting a beer at you know 12, 15 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you're like who wants just, to do that? You got to go home and still got to figure
0: out what to do with the rest of your day. Like. Yeah, you got to you got
1: to go home and make dinner after the game. <laughs> like,
2: yeah,
1: who wants maybe, to do that? Maybe mow the lawn. Oh god, something. don't get me yeah. started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, um, we've run to the end of the show, so. Um, I just want to remind everybody that we are brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan for plenty of Bruins and other hockey content. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Mick Melanson underscore for the same just, thing, all sports.
1: Yeah, in a, an occasional uh, intrusive thought every now and then.
0: N- those I intrusive just- thoughts are funny. I just said,
1: send them out there to the Twitter. <laughs> Did you see? I, I was going through my old tweets today and I retweeted one of them. That made me laugh so hard. Uh, was
0: it the Christian I, Vasquez one?
1: There was a Christian Vasquez one, but there was another one too. Oh yeah, there was two of them. The first one I said, having Christian Vasquez, this was in 2018, by the way this is the year that the Red Sox won the world series. Just for anybody who's not a Red Sox fan, I just want to remind you that they were good. I said, <laughs> having Christian Vasquez bat after Jackie Bradley jr. Is like putting ranch dressing on a sunburn. <laughs> might, oh, <laughs> might feel odd yet somewhat comforting at first, but afterwards you realize that you, you've just made quite possibly the worst decision in human history. <laughs> Dude. Cause Christian Vasquez couldn't hit a, a beach ball with a garbage pan and Jackie Riley Jr. could never hit shit. And then my other tweet, my other tweet, which was on the same day, I think this was the Red Sox Yankees. I said, if Christian Vasquez could throw <laughs> a shoulder into a pitch here, it would really show him to be a team first guy as well. <laughs> like I don't even I didn't know what I was referring to. But. Made me laugh. But um in addition to our to our Twitters, uh I think you mentioned the Bruin Something Twitter account. If you didn't, you can follow that on Twitter at Bruins Something No G. And you can give us a call and leave a voicemail, much like our friend in West Virginia did who left us four. He's at, the man. He's the he man. is the man. Hey, somebody get that man some nessing. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll we'll bring it down or we'll help no, you he can, face, he can FaceTime me and I'll just show him on my screen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be last, we'll do that. If you, if you need help getting Ness or if you just want to give us a call, you can call us at 508-263-0854. I'll say it again, 508-263-0854. Call us any time of the day. Whatever you're doing, maybe you're bored at work. Give us a ring. You're in the car. Pull over and give us a ring because you can't talk on the phone in the car. You will get pulled over. I think hey. that's a law. I uh, maybe. But I don't know. Why, hey, why don't you guys call in and tell
0: us um, your immediate thoughts on the Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway deal?
1: Let us well, know I guess at this think. point it'll be a little post immediate because you'll be hearing this the following morning, but still yeah. let us hear your thoughts about the Bruins. Uh, let us hear your thoughts about Connor Clifton being a Washington Capital for about 6 months. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um yeah, so continue to call us, continue to leave voicemails, DMs, questions. You yeah. know, it drives the show. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, but with that being said, this has been episode 30 of Something's Brewing, And we will catch you all next week. Maybe with Jacob Ticker. Bye.
1: see the new decor in the wall
0: hey is that the hey, um yeah. is that your graduation papers yes I don't even they, know they're, they're uh,
1: they go by diploma
0: <laughs> ah, there, there, that's the word i was looking for
1: <laughs> jesus
0: christ uh,
1: graduation papers <laughs> <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> I, I, I it's, like it's like I'm like migrating into the country. Did you bring your papers? Did you bring your graduation papers? <laughs> <laughs>